When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jota, Dundalk and Cavan. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. You're welcome to Late Lunch, may I say, on this momentous Friday afternoon as we wait. Well, we're hearing a lot at the moment, aren't we? But uh, Taoiseach Michal Martin will address the nation tonight just after six o'clock. And the hope has never been as high in the last couple of years that at long last we are moving beyond this pandemic here on this little island of ours. And with that in mind, it's been over two years since they've been here in studio with me. Yes, Women With Opinions, uh, we uh, had them in once a month on a Friday and we covered the land top to bottom on topics, whatever was the hot topics of the day. And today I have a couple of them back with me at this momentous time. And there's a lot to chat about as well. I'm delighted to say hello and welcome back to Late Lunch to Carmel McCarthy. Hello, Carmel, you're there. Hi, Jerry. I'm here. I'm here. Yes. Grace, and let me see. Is your is your is your buddy on, on, on the Zoom with us, Kira? Kira, can you hear me there? Yeah, can you hear me? Oh my God, can I hear you? Let me take let us take that volume down. But we have you there, is right, Kira. Welcome back to the show, girls. Let me begin by asking both of you. I'll put it to you, Carmel, first. How are you feeling today? As you are, you really hopeful, like the rest of us, that we're, we're on the uh, on the way back. Yeah, I think there is light at the end of the tunnel. That's the way I describe it. Uh, Now, I would like to think we won't open the floodgates, that common sense will prevail with people. It's now up to us to have some level of responsibility and still look out for each other. But, you know, it's it's good. Industry needs it. Mm. God knows hospitality badly needs it to get back to normal. And to, to we we found it this week. There was more phone calls into the office because people are saying, well, you know what, we, we're we ready, we're ready. And I think that is the sentiment in the nation, that we're ready to get back to some level of normality. But it is going to be slow. Mm. And we've got to take one step at a time in order to try and, you know, keep a lid on COVID. Now, the, look, COVID is going to be around, but it's the mutation that we look at that it'll get weaker and weaker let's hope and that eventually it'll be like the common cold yes but um you know the good thing about omicron was that it whilst it was very virulent it was uh didn't seem to be as severe as yes. delta and previous variants so you know there there is that hope and we seem to have peaked and things are, are uh, the the numbers are dropping off now so 
let's all pull together and get the show back on the road. The show back on the road is right. Kira. you're in the hospitality sector for sure and it's been welcomed broadly. Would you just go for broke here? Because this is the speculation now. Will the government say, look, let's get rid of nearly all of the restrictions or will it be a phased? If you had the decision-making capacity and all the knowledge and the advice from Neffet, Kira, what would you do? Well, I'm sure there's a, a certain part of the public that wants the, you know, all of the restrictions lifted ASAP. But I do feel that there is still there is still a massive fear in the country about, you know, COVID and the, the implications of getting it and all the rest. And there's still a lot of people getting infected. Um, I would do a phased uh, opening, to be honest. Um, I, w- I would definitely open the restaurants and bars up until at least 12 o'clock because, I mean, 8 o'clock finish. I mean, you're only just getting started when, mm. you know, they put the lights on and say time out. But, uh, no, I think that a phased opening, like I think wearing masks coming in and out is still, I, I think people will still be looking for them. I still think there's a certain age group that will want you to kind of check that they have, they, they seem to be proud of giving you their uh, COVID cert. I know there's a certain age group who don't give a damn, but there is a certain age group, you know, uh, you know, a cohort of older older people that are delighted to give it to you because they know that if you're checking, that your place is safe. So I'd kind of be happy to check them for another while. And um, mm. you know, it's it's if you're not checking, like, will you, will people lose faith? And you know, that's what I'm thinking. I, like if this has just all come very suddenly, all overnight, uh, as far as I'm concerned. So it's it's. Um, I think it should be phased, to be honest. Um, and I know every restaurant, but I do think that it should be open till twelve o'clock. Definitely okay. Restaurant okay. Okay. Carmel, come back into me there because I want to talk to you about this one thousand euro payment that's making the rounds at the moment. And you know, there's a great debate going on. It was to be for frontline workers, especially healthcare workers who had to wear the PPE day in, day out, face the brunt of the pandemic. And now there's a lot of sabres being rattled elsewhere. Well, we deserve the thousand euro. Carmel, who should get it? Well, certainly uh, healthcare workers, frontline healthcare workers. But what I'm a bit unclear on and I uh, are the likes of uh, the, the charities, like we say, Alzheimer's Society, uh, muscular dystrophy, people who work there. We we say you've got um, support people and care assistants working there. Are they entitled to it or are they being forgotten about? You know, and I'm just using Alzheimer's and muscular dystrophy as, as, as an example. But, you know, there's so many of those charities out there and you know, people working there, as I say, and are they... Are they going to get it or will they fall between the cracks? Um, I don't feel that there's a whole pile more entitled to it because they, like a lot of us were given the opportunity to work from home, mm. whereas healthcare workers and care assistants, they, they, they had to be there. They had to be in the front line. And, you know, through thick and thin, when there was no... Uh, sniff of a, of a vaccine that had to be there. So I think it's it's a small token for uh, what they all did for us. So I, I can't say, no, I know that you'll probably have perhaps teachers saying, you know, we're entitled to it. I'm only using teachers as an example. I'm not singling them out or um, guards or that. But, you know, you're going to open the floodgates if you open it to everybody. And, yes. Uh, 
like, I think, single out the people who are the most important in keeping life and limb together. And uh, but make sure that you don't leave a few other important ones out. As I say, people who are uh, particularly uh, supporting critical services like uh, like those, uh, you know, with special needs, etc. Um, that's my thoughts on it, Jerry. But I'm sure, as I say, there's there's a lot of cages being rattled as as we speak now on it. What about carers? I've heard carers mentioned, Carmel. You know what I mean? Who uh, really had. Uh, uh, an awful lot to take on during the pandemic yeah. as well. Yeah, well, definitely. I think carers, care assistants, certainly, uh, they should be entitled to it because, as I say, care doesn't stop just because there's a pandemic. So I think, too, that an awful lot of people working in care are on probably not much more than a minimum wage. So I think a €1,000 would be very welcome there. Mm. And, you know, this is where we've got to balance it out. Probably have to balance it out, too, in the healthcare sector. You know, do, do, do some people really need it? You know, so yes. to, in other words, like there's a ceiling on the salary uh, level that you're going to get it. Because, as I say, to, to a care assistant who might be on a, a minimum wage or a little over, definitely they need it and they deserve it. And anyone in, as I say, caring in any shape, make or form that, um, as I say, whether it's elderly, special needs or whatever, yes, give it to them because they were always there. Kira's back with us. We're talking about the thousand euro, Kira. Uh, you know, uh, tax-free uh, gratuity or thank you from the government to frontline healthcare staff and I'm just saying to Carmel there I know you're away for a moment there's a lot of people now saying well what about us uh, What what's your opinion? I think it's just going to be a minefield I mean there's just a lot of people a lot of people did get up and, and do uh, whether they were transport workers uh, or you know like I think there was a lot of people who had to you know p- take a lot out of their, their lives when all their families were at home and locked down and they were off, to, you know, getting up early to open a shop or getting up early to, you know, there's a lot of people. I think that the healthcare workers should be maybe given an increase in salary or something instead of, do you know what I mean, or an increment or some, some sort of um, payment. But I, I think there's going to be a lot of controversy about this €1,000 because where does it end? Mm. You know, like who gets it, who doesn't get it? Um, I'm sure there's people in the healthcare system that um, weren't even um, working, you know, that weren't even in um, in contact with anybody. Do you know what I mean? So, yes. And I don't, I don't think, I think it's very hard to get it right. I think something needs to be done, but the government are going to be, you know, they're, they're going to be given out to no matter what. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, and it's, it's like, it's not an unending fund. Uh, do you give it to everybody in the country? No. Um, do you give it to people? I mean, how, where do you start? Where do you end? Yeah, that is that is their problem. Look, I'm getting comments in. If you want to join in the conversation, do get in touch. It's 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. That's 086-1800-658. Uh, I'll just read the, uh, some of them back to you here. Jerry, a few days ago, we've been told you could go nowhere without vaccines. Now it's all going to open up again for everyone all of a sudden. There's something strange about this. Uh, and my gut's keeping telling me uh, there's been something weird about it all uh, and this seems to be the proof. What do you say to that Carmel? You know the people are wondering you know it, we, we were in Armageddon just a few uh, short weeks ago and, and now it looks like it's open season. 
Okay, what they're saying is that you don't have to produce your vaccination cert- certificate. I think this is what they're they're going towards, not producing it, for example, uh, going into a restaurant, into a pub or whatever. But like, or uh, then into um, into the likes of your salons and that. But the reality was that these were pretty safe places. I mean, if you saw any of the restaurants locally here, like they were operating very stringent uh, measures like to uh, to prevent the spread of COVID. So it was always a safe environment. Uh, so it wasn't really fair to be asking people to uh, be policing people's uh, COVID certs, but it was all they could do at the time. Mm. But what he's saying, Carmel, what he's really saying is he's suspicious. Suddenly we, we flip from, you know, uh, uh, restrictions to all the gloves are off. You know what I'm saying? This is where uh, there's a suspicion here. What What do you think of that? No, I, I think that's... Uh, I wouldn't be suspicious about it. Okay. The reality is, we, look look at the figures that we've had. Mm. And now we... And as predicted, we peaked and we're, now we're dropping off. And this, we have gone as far as Omicron in terms of variants of concern. So, uh, like, it's it's the, the nature of a virus that it's not going to stay at that level forever. Yes, and good it point. Will die off. Yeah, yeah, so, good point. Very good point. Listen, girls, stay there a second. I have to take a quick break here. I want to come back on another topic. Kira Burke and Carmel McCarthy are with us. They have opinions. Have you? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Kira Burke and Carmel McCarthy from EMS and Associates are with us on the show today. Kira, can I come to you on this one? Uh, it's been... Uh, and horrendous week uh, when you think of Ashling Murphy, just one name and what happened to her and subsequently a man is now before the courts and charged. Um, on the general topic, Kira, of women being valued, respected and safe in Ireland and you've seen the outpouring of uh, grief of people telling their stories, women especially in the aftermath of Ashling's uh, death. What are, what are your views on this or what, what do you think needs doing, Kira? Um, myself, uh, as well as every single woman in this country, have been um, sexually abused by uh, uh, to some degree, whether it be somebody rubbing themselves up off against you or, or some sort of comment or something that has happened. Every single woman in this country has experienced something. Well, well like Kieran, now hold on, I have to say a second. I, that's a, a sweeping statement to say every woman. I'm sure there's women listening to us today have never experienced anything. And just to balance, I would say there are some. Well, I, well, I, would, I would question that, though, because I, it's, it's how, what is acceptable, acceptable now and what was acceptable uh, 40 years ago. I understand that, but I would I definitely say, I would, t- t- I'd be, I'd put my hand in heart and say that there are women who never experienced, I'm not saying that the, you know, the comment, the leering, uh, the innuendo and that type that, of stuff. Yeah, but that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about every type okay. of, of comment. From I'm menial, from what you would, would be termed menial, but nothing is menial, may I say. Yeah, go on. Exactly. I'm talking about menial to being fully on uh, mm, abused. Mm. Uh, every woman in this country has experienced that, right? So it's how it, it's, the, it's the level of acceptance. Also, I'm a little bit, you know... I think Michal Martin and Michael D. Higgins would be very busy people if they were at the funeral of every person who was abused by a male in this country or who have been killed by a male in mm. this country. Mm. And um, so I just feel very strongly, I have four daughters of my own. 
And I feel very um, angry that, you know, a young girl couldn't go out in the middle of the day and go for a run. I feel very angry that, you know, you know I'm now thinking of buying pepper spray for my, my daughters, which is illegal in this country. But what can I do if they're going out for a run at night time or during the day or whatever? You know, do they need to have something like that? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, like, we really need, like, and I, I, I did say to the girls, and I have a 21-year-old who lives in Dublin, and she goes running a lot, and um, she, you know, she's out and about it, you know. And she, like, she would have, those experiences are in their faces on a daily basis. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying that, but they're aware of them. They have always been yeah. aware of them. They've always had, you know, they have to be, if they go out for a run at any time of the day, they're wary of a situation so like you're that. saying to me, you've warned your daughters, uh, you, you're talking about pepper spray there, you feel that women themselves have to protect themselves more and be more aware of the dangers. But what about the perpetrators? Where are we falling down? We're not, it's not, there's no punishment in this country. Prison is not punishment. There's no, there's no, um, there's no scare for anyone in this country. Like prison, sorry. Uh, as far as I can see, it's three meals a day and a roof over your head. It's no punishment for anyone. We need to have a punishment in this country. Mm. A proper punishment for proper, um, for, for proper, um, uh, cases like this. Do you know what I mean? I mean, what's going to pre- prevent anyone doing it? Do you know what I mean? Like, and also, I think the, the level of, accessibility to porn in this country, the level of accessibility to, um, you know, I'm, I'm actually reading a book, before this ever happened, I'm reading a book, Why, Why Men Hate Women. And it, it is actually um, scary to think that there are um, web, dark web groups that hate women and they're planning their next revenge. And it is true. And you can, like I have, I'm reading a book about it and it's eye-opening. And with, with a mother of four daughters, it's actually quite scary. I want to put my cards on the table. I love women. Oh, I absolutely love women. I really do. And I want to say that today. And there's so many men who, you know, probably feel ashamed and absolutely, angry. So many men. And, you know, are, are with you all on this one. Let's bring Carmel in. Carmel, what's your view? How, look, Kira's talking about, uh, you know, women minding themselves, pepper spray, prison sentences, uh, that deep underlying, that book she's reading at the moment. Carmel, how do we begin to take boys from an age and set them on the right path? Well, first of all, it starts in the home. Uh, respect being shown towards uh, yes. your sisters, your mother, yep. your grandmother, all of that. That, you know, if it doesn't stem from the home, like, you know, schools and that are, they're on a hiding to nothing trying to educate people. Mm. So that's what I say. Like, it's about uh, men talking to their sons and saying, this cert- there are certain behaviours that are not acceptable. Mm. And, you know, calling them out on it. And if you're, so in other words, if there's a group of lads standing on the street corner and one fella starts jeering a girl or, you know, catcalling or whatever, that they call him out and say, this is not acceptable behaviour. So it's, it's, it's probably the zero tolerance on uh, behaviours like that. That's where it has to start from. Like, we have to be so careful that this doesn't turn into a kind of man bashing because, as I say, the real men are, they're, they're just, they're, they're hurting from this. And so I would say that it's, it's up to the men of this country to say to their, their uh, peers as well, look, lads, I don't like the way 
you're behaving towards X, Y, and Z. This isn't acceptable. So it's that tolerance level. Also, I suppose, if a man is out and about, like we we don't want to, as women, we don't want to start getting paranoid that every man who's walking behind us uh, up the street, like, is following us. Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't want to get into that scenario. But, like, if, like, for men to become a little bit more aware that if, you know, they're walking the same pathway as a woman and that they feel that this woman could be nervous, like, stop and tie your shoelaces, check your phone or something, put distance between you. Mm. Just become more aware of those little things. Or again, be more aware of if you see a woman being verbally abused by a man or whatever. Not that you go and interject, but if it means that you've got to call the Gardaí because you feel that you're you're not comfortable with it or you keep an eye out for them. It's awareness. But like Starting the home, again, it can follow through in the schools, but it is about zero tolerance. And I would say we're, we talk about women, but I would I would reach out to the vulnerable, the marginalised. We say somebody, people have been uh, bullied and murdered for their sexuality. Yes. You know, so yeah, they, yes, it, it, yeah, it, it extends even further. Girls, yeah. I have to leave it there today. Yeah. I thank you both for joining me. It's great to have you back with us and hearing what you have to say. You're prompting loads of messages coming to me. I'm going to get to them as I go through the show. But thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Kira Burke from Sage and Stone and Cameron McCarthy from EMS and Associates. Thanks a million, ladies. Thanks a million. Thanks, Take care of yourselves. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Anyway, keep the comments coming to us. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Now, competition time on late lunch. I have a lovely prize to send out to one of you today. And you know what we're doing this year. Yes, themes from TV shows or TV adverts. Today, it's an advert. Which brand is this song advertising? Just to let you know that you've got a higher power Got me singing every second Dancing every hour Oh yeah You've got Yeah, that song is running currently, advertising something. What is it? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text with your answers. Oh, nothing like Carmel and Kira and all our women who join us on Women With Opinions to prompt comment. We have lots of it. Here's a selection of what you're saying to us on Late Lunch today. In reference to that lady's comments, that was a Carmel. When I was younger, going out to bars as a gay man, I had women touching me in places that are considered inappropriate. If it happened to a woman, uh, well, it would be a different story. And this happened simply because I wasn't a threat to them. There are women who behave the same way. Not all, but there are men who are taking it it's way too far, Jerry. Thanks indeed for that, Mark, today. Um, another one there uh, regarding the €1,000 uh, once-off gratuity for frontline healthcare staff. Um, Marie, um, no, M- Michael, I beg your pardon, was in hospital himself, saw what the frontline staff, porters and domestics, had to deal with in PPE. They should get the €1,000. Another listener on to us. I worked in the hospital during the pandemic. As a cleaner, not for the HSE, but with a contractor, should I be entitled to it? 
Well, there you go. Isn't that an interesting question? Because they put themselves on the line too. Uh, The listener who was suspicious about the ending of the pandemic, somebody else believes they're right. They are worried we could be back in lockdown in the future. Oh, please, God, we won't. As regards uh, our conversation about the murder of Ashling Murphy, uh, Marie says, I agree uh, with Kira. Bring back the death penalty. Another one there from Anne. Life should mean life for a murder. No parole. And 20 years at least for an assault. Uh, This is from John. I think that people should stop blaming all men for being abusive to women. The laws in Ireland are wrong. Bring in new laws to make sure that killings like Ashling's should not happen again. A life for a life. I agree with Kira. Prison is no justice, says John. There's more there. I'll be back to them, I promise you, as we move through the afternoon. But I want to have a wee chat with my next guest because she's a wonderful young woman. She found herself in debt. Big debt because she wasn't earning a whole lot of money. And she took the bull by the horns and says, I am going to be debt free within a year. And she was. And she has a story to tell. Santis O'Garrow, welcome to the show. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really, really good. (laughs) And well done you, may I say, for what you've achieved. Just tell us this. Look, I know you you were 15,000 in debt. Was it just to the credit union? Ah, oh, no, geez, no. I wish. Um, it was everything, <laughs> uh, credit union, um, property management. I was yeah. buying things left, right and centre, like a couch. I thought I really needed a kitchen, like just car, anything that I could just get. I was like, OK, I'll just get a loan for it. I was so nonchalant about it, you know. Mm, and that was um, it. And then, of course, these loans have to be repaid, Santis. yeah. Like, if you think of the amount of people that say, oh, do you know what? I'm having a stressful time. I'll get a loan and go on a holiday. Mm. And then your holidays can't come home with you because you're paying it off still. Mm. And obviously there was a lot, when, when the pressure came on, there was real worry and concern for you. Am I going to be able to pay this back then? Yeah, because, see, I've always I've always had a job. I've always worked. I, I'm not afraid of being a grafter and, you know, putting in the work. So... In my whole mind, I thought, as long as I work, Mm. I'll pay it back. So it doesn't Mm. matter how much I get. I just need to work harder. Mm. And then I'll just get the money and pay it back. But I was on maternity leave then with, it was my second child. It was back to back. And I just never, never thought that this would ever come up as such. Mm. That I wouldn't have the same amount of money coming in. Because I went through, I had a little bit of savings now um, to get me through the first maternity. And it wasn't a lot. It was kind of like a bonus that I got and I put it aside. Yeah. And then I was, I had the second child and Eliza. And um, I just didn't have that much money. And then it just all became a whole stress because I was then looking at the money going out. And I used to dread payday. I got paid every Thursday. And I dreaded it because I knew it was another week of saying, how am I going to manage to get through to the next week? It's a shocking um, situation to find yourself in, isn't it? When you you dread a day and you don't know how you're going to make the next seven. Yeah, because, and you should be looking forward to payday. Yep. Actually, you should be at the point where, you know, I think for me, I'm at the point where I'm not on mad money. I don't earn crazy money now and I sometimes I forget it's a Thursday if I don't do a budget I forget 
it's mm. a Thursday because I have my money just it goes to the bills account now that goes to the mortgage that goes to this you know and I'm literally going okay I'm a little bit ahead um, all the time and that's the way it should be my whole relationship now has really changed and it really started with not having the right foundations you know it was mm. shaky like you shouldn't be you shouldn't be in that much stress but unfortunately a lot of us are and I can't blame anybody except bad habits kind of caught up with me and I was trying to keep up with everybody else and you know you just got caught up in it and if everybody in your circle goes on like that you know yeah then you do. It's just a normal way to live. I don't know any different. Mm. I have people that have said to me, "Geez, I can't believe that people would get a loan for this and that." And I'm like, a lot of people do. A yes. lot of people yes, do. Yes, of course, it's you the know? easy thing to do. So look at you. You realize, you know, as long, oh, you had it in your mind. As long as I'm earning and working, I'll be okay, and I can pay yeah. me way. Then the second maternity comes along, and you're really in focus with this. I'm fifteen thousand down here. How am I going to get out of this hole? What did you do? Oh my god! So I got obsessed with budgeting, um, and I got obsessed with looking after me house because, like I said, my foundations weren't right. So I literally wrote down every single thing that I owed. Everything that I owed, any little bit of money that's coming in, including the children allowance, anything. And I put it all on a calendar. And that really threw me because I was like, wow, I couldn't have, I didn't have enough room on the calendar to actually write out all the bits that were going out. There was apps and stuff that I was paying out, like it could be like three euro a month. And you don't realize all that adds up. So I was canceling things like crazy, selling things in the house. And what I did was I focused on the lowest debt that I had. Um, And then when that was paid, I literally went, okay, I'm just going to roll that over to the next lowest debt. And I was lucky enough that I didn't have a lot of high interest loans Mm. because I would have probably looked at it that way and said, okay, how much if I'm going to be paying this person 60 euro and at the end of it I'm actually going to pay I got the loan for 10 grand and I'm actually going to be paying back 13 grand I'll probably try and get that down quicker but it just gave me momentum seeing like okay I owed my friend 200 euro that was the first that I owed but it's little things like that was staying on you would stay on your mind because you're so low anyway Mm. you can't get back you can't pay back your mortgage you can't put um electricity and the money in the electricity machine and you're panicking and then you're like on top of that I owe people money I owe friends money and even you know but to be able to go and I'm a very proud person so be able to go here's your 200 euro back yeah that's grand now I could get I could get balanced with some of the the payments that are going out I could actually bring them up to date Mm. then I could pay off this bit then I could pay my property management back because I owe them like 4,000 euro I was like behind behind yes and what happens when you get behind you tend to just ignore things Mm. you know to go let's just pretend that's not happening and let's just not look at the mailbox or your emails for a bit and just breathe for a bit but it never goes away and um, the reason you know why I talk about this is because mentally that's not right Mm. mentally you could be in debt 
of 15,000, you could be in debt of 5,000. But if your head is not dealing with that, it affects every other part of your life. It really does because that's all you think about. Mm. Your whole life revolves around it. You know, the way you tackle it is, is so right because we talk regular to John Lowe, the money doctor, and that's the first thing he tells people every year. Write him. it down. Oh, he's great. He's great. You know him yourself. Write it down. Write down your outgoings. Write down your income. And when you saw that, it was a light bulb moment. And I, you know what I love about you? You started to take on the issue and started with those people you owed this, that and to, and you were taking them one at a time off yeah. your back and whittling this, this down to the, to the real bigger ones and, and getting at those. You did this. Did you clear everything in 12 months? In 12 months. Like, what was weird was, um, and Jerry, you know, when I was buying stuff, you know, and because what happens is you get into a cycle. It's called like um, the payday to payday cycle. Mm. You get into this cycle of, Okay, I'm in debt. I feel like a failure. What do I do? Okay, children allowance come. I'll just treat the kids. And in my head, I'm doing something good. But really, you're not. It's just because you feel so low in yourself. You're trying to grasp on something so you can, you know, you get that instant gratification for them. Yeah. But now, like, it's a different, we, we live a different life altogether, you know, in the children allowance, I, I I say forty for when they're older mm. every month. Like I, I don't even touch that. That just goes away. Good on you for them, you know. Mm. And it's a different way of being. They they might not get a brand new anything from for months. Yeah. Um. But at least when I know in fifteen years, when if they want to go to college or maybe they want to travel or with the prices of houses, housing, maybe they want help towards their deposits to a certain point. Yeah. I won't have to struggle for that. Mm. And, I, I, and you know, some things are important to other people, but I don't know. For me, that's that's just really important to have that oh, room for them. You're you know? just great. And, you, and you're echoing, I'd say, an experience that so many people can... Uh, associate or empathise with as well and and the the important uh, thing to do or to say Santos as well is you didn't starve you paid your mortgage you paid yeah. your bills at the same time and you were still able to manage the clear I couldn't believe it mm. like me shopping bill and all went down from like you know when you think you're 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 doing things right and you're like oh this is so hard but when you're not even a little bit educated or, or anything you don't understand. My shopping bill went down. It was 120, and then I couldn't afford it, and then it went down to 80. Now I pay 50 euro. I do my shopping for us three here, mm. um, and sometimes it's lower than that. It's just now that, and we eat very healthy. Yes. So it's just, and I don't know. It's not even people say, oh, it's tips and tricks. It's not for me. It's a habit. It's a lifestyle. Mm. And uh, yeah, if I want to go out and have a steak, I put my money every week, you know, five or a tenner in my little envelope that I have. I have self-care on it. And basically the girls say, oh, Sandra, do you want to go out for dinner? Now I'm not panicking. I'm like, okay, that one sounds right. I'm going to come, which is I can afford it. Mm. And it's not taken away. It's not like I'm not having fun or spending money. I'm just making sure that the most important things every week are looked after. So you're not feeling deprived. You don't feel you're losing out. And you're much happier because you said it early on to me in your mind. And this pressure is gone. Yeah. Mm. Like that's that's my biggest thing. Because when you're not, you know, when you can't 
think straight. That's the part part of it. It's easy for people, you know, to say, oh, well, you could just do this. But if you're not thinking straight, if you're not sleeping at night, you're not getting your sleep, you're up all night worrying. Yes. You're on this high alert all the time. Mm. Then it's it's really almost impossible to to think about death, to think about pain off this. Think straight, you mm. know? Mm. And sometimes the situation is really simple I had to tell my friends like look I can't I can't meet you for coffees you know you'll have to come around my house I'll bake a cake I'll make I'll make something or you can bring this and we'll bring this and we'll sit around the table and talk and there isn't we're still together and no one's looking at you thinking okay you're here for an hour Mm. we still do that but when we do go for a coffee and a cake we're going to go to the nicest cake shop in town Mm. because it's not often we do that yes Yes. Oh, you know something. I admire you so much, I have to say, for what you've achieved and how you have, uh, you know, discovered this this way it can be done. And you're you're happy in yourself, your children. You know, it's it's just a a real good news story. Where can people I I know you've written about this and you you post as well. People listening today said, I want to find out more about Santis. Where can they tell them where they'll find you? Um, I'm on thecaribbeandove.com so I'm from the Caribbean originally and I live in Dublin so it's the Caribbean <laughs> Dove or the Caribbean Dove on Instagram <laughs> that's where you probably get mixed up with the accent sometimes so that's where it is a bit of Caribbean wow. a bit of Dublin <laughs> lovely lovely it's a lovely mix may I say and you are just a star you really are the Caribbean Dove check her out on Instagram there and you'll find out more about her you've inspired me today and I'm sure many others as well if you're feeling uh, you're under a mound of debt it can be done it can be dealt with and Santis has done it you're great thank you for joining me on the show thank you so much Jerry. it's such a pleasure thank you take care bye 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 the pleasure's all mine what a great inspirational young woman she is Santis O'Garro the Caribbean dub or the Caribbean dub if you want to uh, mention it in those terms Meatloaf passed away, you've heard about this stage, 74 years of age. He played a lot in Ireland, he did, and we're talking about him next. My next guest hails from Tully Allen in County Louth, and he was lead singer with Meatloaf tribute band called A Taste of Meatloaf for A Taste of Meatloaf for five years. He was out front there, and we have to mention Navin Man Tommy Rogers, who was a guitarist in that band as well. Brendan Walsh is on the line with me today. Hello, Brendan. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I'm great. Where did this meatloaf uh, fascination and singing begin for you? Well, I suppose, well, I, I, I grew up in Tully Island, Jerry, and it was predominantly a biker village back then, you know. Hmm. And uh, as the youngest of nine kids and uh, five, five of them being brothers, you know, so there was always that kind of music played around the house. And uh, I suppose it was ingrained in it that I didn't even realise it, you know, so... Uh, I got into singing in various bands and uh, I entered a couple of competitions and I won a competition actually once in the Marsh Road and um, I won the competition and uh, uh, who was the, I think his name now, was the, the manager, John Collier was his name, yeah. the manager in Mosley at the time and he asked me would I come and do the cabaret show in Mosley and uh, he just had to go up and do three songs and there were all various acts going on and then from that I guess I got a band together and uh, we took it on the road we rehearsed for six months before we got it on the road and had a 
great lineup of very talented people. A few locals in it as well. We had um, locally here on piano, we had Mary Gantley, yeah. and later Sharon Gaynor, who went on to do great things as well. Yes. So we had a great band and a local drummer man on drums, Mr. Brendan Leakey, one of the finest drummers in, in the country. Oh, lovely. And lots of local links there. So it all began in Mosney with John Collier. And is it's it John true? Collier, yeah. Is it true? Is this true? You know, Aslan were huge and uh, in demand everywhere, as we know. Is it true that you guys were up there with them in terms of bookings? We were indeed, yeah, yeah. We were probably one of the highest booking acts in the country for a, for, for a given time. Like, uh, when we took the band on the road, to be honest, I wasn't prepared for how <laughs> popular the band was and how big of a following he had, particularly down the country. Yeah. And so we were booked out solid, and it left us that we were 32 counties at least three nights a week, and then even in the summer we'd have to do Killarney on a Wednesday night, you know, so uh, yes. we were just overwhelmed with work, you know. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, Did you, you, you've seen, you saw Meat Love, yeah. I did. I got a chance to see him a few times in our Gillen Castle and the Tree Arena. And years and years ago, <laughs> when we played and drawed it in the Ross. The Ross Nerie. I don't know what year that was, but I, I do know I was too young to be there. I shouldn't have been there, but uh, <laughs> I got in anyway. <laughs> Where love stories begin and meatloaf rocked the joint. Tell them the story, because when you were renowned as being the top cover act for Meatloaf in this country with a taste of Meatloaf, you did make uh, moves and sent vibes towards Meatloaf himself and his management because you really wanted to meet him. Tell them the story. What happened? Well, yeah, well, that's a tribute band. It's kind of, I suppose, it's every tribute band's dream to meet the actual person, you know? So uh, we were getting a lot of our work through a guy in Dublin called Jackie Johnson, and he was working for MCD Productions. And they had uh, uh, links with the cores and all of that. And uh, so he was getting a lot of our bookings. And uh, Meatloaf was going to play in Marty Park. So I put in a little favour with Jackie, uh, with the MCD connection, and I said, Jackie, you got to get us back to save tickets for this, you know. And he says, yeah, no problem, no problem. No, we get the whole band in, you know. Get to meet him and have the day out. And said, fantastic. And uh, so I had said to Jackie, I said, make sure you don't get us a book in that day, obviously. You know, oh, no, no, I won't, I won't, I won't. So about a week prior to it, he rings me and said, uh, Brian Kennedy's playing down in the Blackwater River Festival. And uh, would you do a support slot for him? And I said, Jackie, I said, that's the day of the gig, you know. And he said, no, 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 they hear me out. He said, um, <laughs> you're on about five o'clock in the evening so you only have to do a half hour slot and then you're out of there and you're back to Dublin plenty of time for the gig yeah. so I said reluctantly he said yes anyway so off we made our way down and uh, lo and behold we got there and there was other support acts and everything was running late and behind and everything was going on a, on a go slow and I was there going jeepers are we ever going to get out of here so eventually we got on stage got finished up and packed the van hit the road and well needless to say we broke a few speed limits on the way to Dublin but by the time we got to Marley Park uh, got out of the van we are running into the cage we could hear the last song playing you know it was bad out of hell of course and uh, we got to the, the, the gate and we said there were tickets on the gate for us for the backstage passes and the girl radioed into the stage manager and then we had to get a, the guards had to come along and escort us into the backstage park and uh so we were that close, and the next thing the stage manager comes out and goes, 
I'm very sorry, guys, but uh, Nick Hope, he's been very grumpy all day and he said he's not seeing anybody. <laughs> That's as close as he's got, oh, you know? Oh, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> Two out of three ain't bad. Shocking. Oh, my God. Yeah, good my... Three, man. Really good. Oh. Anyway, we continued being ambassadors for, for a long time after that, you know? <laughs> Even but, though uh, you never got to meet your hero. What a story that is. So close, yet so far away. Brendan, you're brilliant to come on today. I'm sure you're sad that he's passed and it I, is a sad day. Yeah, sad day it is a and, sad and day. Jim Steinman passed away last year. Mm. And the guys are there as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Another round of an era, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, a sad day for all his fans. Anyway, and I, Brendan. I had a lot of people on this morning there texting. These people I don't know are coming. Yeah. Are you going to have a reunion, you know? So oh, you, you, better, you better think about it. Anyway, thank you. Oh, Here is the man himself. Thank you, Brendan. Your comments, Michael, if you're having a debate, Michael says to me, then you need to have men with opinions too. Men have loads of opinions and I'm a man and I give my opinions when the girls are on and uh, keep them on the straight and narrow. You can't tar all men with the same brush. I agree with you, Michael. That is for sure. And I mentioned that myself. Thank you indeed for your comment. Our Margaret Madden, the lovely Margaret, has been on to us to say, my God, I so enjoyed that lady talking about her death. That's Santis O'Garro there. Thanks, Margaret. Lovely to hear from you. She'll be with us next Friday herself. Boot Club back on late lunch then. Moving on on the show today, I'm joined by a man that I've spoken to on a number of occasions on Late Lunch. He was the founder of One For All. We spoke more recently about his time at the RDS in 1990 when he put on the whole extravaganza for Italia 90. And he's back with me today because, you know, folks, you might have heard this, but Balbriggan is now the music hub of Ireland. It is indeed. The Irish Institute of Music and Song will be based there. I'm delighted to say hello again to Michael Dawson. Michael, how are you? I'm great, Jerry, and thanks very much for coming to have me back on the show. As well. Not at all. It's great to have you with us. Just explain for our listeners why or how you're involved here and why it's Balbriggan. Okay. Uh, well, start off. Yes, we. Um, I'm very fortunate to share a sort of a dream and a vision with uh, with one of my sons, uh, also known as, as Michael, who is a fabulous conductor and a very. Uh, a really great musician and mm. over the years he's been running a music school in Fingal uh, called the Fingal Academy of Music uh, before he went off to do his doctorate in the States uh, in music uh, uh, he appointed a manager to run that and um, it grew and grew and when he came back from the States we sort of said okay it's now all over the place it's, it, it's down out in Blanchestown it's in Swords, it's in Malahide, it's in Balbriggan. So let's try and get a central location and 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 look at, at establishing something that's really, really unique in Ireland, uh, uh, sort of a whole new ecosystem for, for music, uh, as I described it there at the launch on, on Friday, mm. that allows for, uh, for local kids uh, and kids from all over the country uh, and for international groups uh, to come <coughs> to one location to be able to learn uh, music uh, for a week or two if they're touring from, say, the States or from Germany or, or Japan, which uh, Ireland is lucky that we do get a lot of groups, but we haven't heretofore had any decent facilities for those groups. They've had to stay in hostels, they stay in uh, hotels that are way out of the, out of the way, uh, and, and they have to go and find a local church to perform in. So the idea of the Irish uh, uh, the Institute of Music and Song 
is that all of this will be taking place in its own little village on campus here in Balbriggan. Mm. Why Balbriggan? Well, Balbriggan, uh, as, as you well know, is it, it, it's one of the most diverse towns. It is the most diverse town in in, in the country. It has yes. the youngest population uh, and it has a, a fantastic catchment area that, you know, go running from, from Drada to, 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 to Mullen to Swords. And it has a great area of probably about 180,000 people who are not served very well with uh, with facilities, in particular uh, quality uh, concert halls that can attract uh, good uh, good musicians. So what we have is on campus here already, and, and last Friday we were very fortunate to have uh, on Taoiseach uh, um, Mio Martin, uh, along with uh, Catherine Martin and Dara uh, there are Brian, two ministers, and 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 the tea shook out here for a few hours on, on uh, Friday morning last to do the official launch of the uh, institute itself and to officially open phase one and phase two, mm. uh, and to lay, more importantly, probably to lay the foundation stone for phase three, which is the new four hundred seat concert hall, which work is actually be, uh, has began there about a week ago. What an addition that's going to be to the area and Balbriggan itself. A lovely, uh, lovely, lovely size, may I say, at 400. And that's uh, that's underway now. By God, you certainly are putting the resources in. And it's great to hear the different aspects of it. You know, the touring, the international aspect. And of course, for the children of this region as well, you are right there uh, and headed up by your son. Yeah, well, as, as when Michael did music himself and he said it there in his speech on, on Friday, like he had to for anybody who wants any sort of uh, quality education music, they, they needed to trample across the south side of the city. Yes, uh, and that was unacceptable to to us, really. And so we always sort of said, "Well, look, you know, we should have a place uh, not as good as, but a hell of a lot better on the north side <laughs> of the city than <laughs> on the south side." Uh, and that, that's what we're doing. We're 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 yeah. just, we're following our vision. Uh, I was fortunate that, that, that uh, when I sold one for all there two years ago, uh, we we got a great big American company to buy it. So they left me with a few bob, and 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 I'm putting the money into this basically because, uh, well, uh, I can't take it with me. So mm, you're a good do, man, do Michael. Yeah, Michael. It, you know? Michael, that's that that's that's great to hear. And that ha- more people could understand that. You can't take it with you, and you are really going to make an impact now, tomorrow and well into the future in what yourself and your son are doing and congratulations to you on doing this and providing something really, really special. I'm sure the people listening to us today, mums and dads and even children listening in who are into music or song or whatever, what age do you start at and, and can they get in touch with you and, and, and set the wheels in motion? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, we start literally from the cradle. Uh, okay. So there's, there's, there's uh, introduction to music and uh, programs for, for babies uh, literally three month old I think or six month old from then on right. uh, we have mother and baby classes uh, so uh, and, and they run right up to uh, uh, to, to granddads uh, and grandmothers who want to maybe have a go at advancing uh, themselves banging, banging barons or making barons we're okay. doing all of that stuff uh, that, that stuff here uh, so the uh, uh, Irish Institute of Music and Song dot com. People are free to call in at any time whatsoever. Like we have the most amazing restaurant that, that was opened in July, uh, called uh, appropriately called Delala, uh, and it has a whole musical theme in it, uh, and it's really really nice. 
uh, lovely outdoor area, lovely indoor area. Uh, looking forward to oh, getting back to opening. Uh, yes. Late again now. Uh, yes. Next week, which is, is which is great, uh, Michael. And you're right in the heart of Balbriggan, there, aren't you? Right on Church Street, in the, right in the middle of Balbriggan. Yes. We're four minutes from the train station. Yes. Uh, and the gardens are gorgeous. We have this wonderful. Uh, you see it online there. This wonderful guitar, a sunken guitar that was sunken into a swimming pool. Yes. It turned out it was the largest guitar in the world at 44 and a half foot, or 46 and a half foot long. So it's amazing uh, gardens. There's an amphitheater, outdoor musical theater. And we have shows. So like we, we ran 41 shows, Jerry, during COVID. Uh, yeah. We managed to, to uh, run them uh, with some serious uh, performers like Andy Irvine. Uh, we had, uh, who else did we have there? Well, we, we had some... Oh, lots and lots of different artists on that. I know, I know yeah. what you're talking about. And you yeah. did really well to do them. Listen, Michael, I'm leaving it there today. Just wanted to touch base with you. Congratulate you on what yourself okay, and your son super. and everybody's doing. And wish you well with it. And I'll have to pay you a visit as the COVID restrictions lift. Yeah, okay, Terry. All right, not at all. Lovely to talk to you. Take care of yourself there. Michael Dawson there from the Irish Institute of Music and Song.com on beautiful Church Street in Balbriggan. I want to bring up the actions of some young girls today, says Sue. They have no idea that sexualising themselves online is not helping the issue. We're talking to Carmel McCarthy and Kira Burke about women in general at the top of the show. Go into any chat room. There are girls there showing all they've got to strangers. They meet ren- random men. Not a clue who they're meeting. Go to any nightclub and see the conduct of girls there with men. What the hell is that saying to men, says Sue. Thanks indeed for your comment on the show today. I have more there. I'll be back to them as well. Time for your comedy on Friday on Late Lunch. I love this fella, Joe Lysett. And here, he is met a psychic medium called Janet who's advising him and then her advice comes to uh, good use for Joe with his parking woes. I can tell you what your spirit animal is, Joe. It's a walrus. (laughs) Well, what do I do with this information, Janet? (laughs) This is useless. And she said, walrus will talk to you and tell you to do things and you should listen to that inner voice, to that inner walrus. I shouldn't listen to my inner voice because it is normally things like kick that toddler, just a (laughs) scream. things but she kept saying listen to the voice and then she said I do normally charge for this service it is normally 30 pounds but as we're at a party I do it for half price I do it for 15 I was like Walrus says you can piss off (laughs) but um, the next day I found this Walrus ring online by chance after searching four hours for one (laughs) and Since I've been wearing it, friends of mine think that it has changed me. They think that I go into myself at social occasions and it's me going, what did you say, walrus? (laughs) Could you possibly kill another prostitute? You know, silly things. (laughs) But I've noticed that walrus comes out with real jobs worths. I don't know if you have this in London. In Birmingham, we have an app where you can pay for parking on the app and you don't have to buy a ticket. I tried it for the first time. You put a location code in, put the code in, went into a nearby coffee shop, had just got my coffee, and a parking enforcement officer was next to my car. That's what they call themselves, with his little computer with a pen on a string in case I drop it, dickhead. <laughs> it's putting my details in. So I went out to him, I said, I've paid for parking. Look, I've got a receipt on my phone. It was eight minutes ago. And he looked at it and he went, no. This location code is for Leeds. And I said, well, I've clearly just made a mistake, haven't I? And he went, well, I don't know that, do I? I was like, yes, you do. 
because if I'm lying, then what you're suggesting I've done is parked in Leeds <laughs> and then driven 120 miles in eight minutes. That's what you're suggesting I've done. I've put it into the computer now. You'll have to complain at the office. It's only five minutes down the road. It's actually, it's about three seconds in my hypercar. <laughs> Got to the office, met Sweaty Sharon. Oh, my God. It was, it was so hot in that office. She looked like a bit of wet scrambled egg in a chair. Just <laughs> so annoyed with life. And she had a thick brummy accent as well. She was talking to somebody in the back office when I went in. She was going, is that Yao making me a cup of tea, Steve? And then she looked at me and went, the day I hear Steve making me a cup of tea is the day I hear a rocking horse do a plop. <laughs> That's the weirdest imagery I've ever heard. <laughs> for a start. And I explained the situation to her, gave her the phone and everything. And she looked at the phone, looked at her computer, back at the phone, and she went, this says loops. <laughs> I know, Sharon, I put the wrong code in. Well, you'll have to complain at the Leeds office. I've not been in Leeds, Sharon. She looked again and she's like, but how did you get here so quickly? <laughs> you would have had to break the speed limit. I would have had to break the speed of sound, Sharon. <laughs> so annoyed, so annoyed. I said, is there anyone else I can talk to about this? She said, you could speak to Steve over there. I decided not to speak to Steve for a number of reasons. The main one being, he was trying to eat a yoghurt with a pen lid. I just didn't feel <laughs> like he was competent. You get a sense sometimes, don't you? So in the end, I just had to leave, kept the fine, paid it, still got it to this day. And after I'd left, Walrus was like, you idiot. You could have done anything in there. You could have killed her. <laughs> the perfect alibi. Where were you when the murder happened? Joel Isis, absolutely brilliant. Observational of life, the best comedy of all. An interesting comment there about the thousand euro that the government are proposing to pay to frontline health staff. A listener says people are never satisfied. It's very clear, Jerry. it's for the frontline staff. Remember, we the taxpayers have to foot this bill, another bill. Staff get paid in their jobs elsewhere and if their bosses want to share some of their profits with them, it's up to them. It's so annoying, uh, this time wasting and all this nonsense and, nonsense and talk. Everyone is greedy. Be grateful, please, folks, for what we have. Thanks indeed for that lovely comment to us today. Now, our competition. It's a TV ad this week. Have a listen. Just to let you know that you've got a higher power. Got me singing every second. Coldplay, brilliant. And they have aligned themselves with... BMW. Yes, thank you to everybody who was in touch with us with the right answers. And if you didn't get it either, Brian Gargan, well done to you. Clar Headway, it's your prize. Today we'll be in touch and we'll bring you another theme next Friday from either a TV show or an ad on television. Now you do know that my soundtrack this week comes from the musical Les Miserables, Les Mis and there are huge local connections. Well, one massive local connection with the show my good friend Killian Donnelly and Killian who began when you think about him in Navin learning his trade and he's gone all the way to the top on Broadway and the West End and he joined the cast Killian of Les Mis in 2008 and he covered Javert 
Enjuras and Valjean, the main role as well, during that time on the show. But of course, his talent was spotted and off he went to play the lead in the commitments, Kinky Boots and Memphis in London and New York as well. But the call was great, wasn't it? And Killian returned to Le Mis in 2017 to take the lead role of Valjean and I'm happy to say I was in London and I saw him playing the role and when they went on tour I was in Dublin to see him as well and he was simply outstanding and it's great to think that a local lad from County Meath is such a star and uh, that role he just played superbly I say again. Now the original Valjan was also Irish, Mr. Colin Wilkinson. And I am proud to say I saw Colin play the part when it came to Dublin all those years ago. He took the part in October 85. He was offered a phantom, but he decided to go with Le Mis. And he stayed with the show there in London until it transferred to Broadway in March 87. But listen to this. The American Actors' Equity Association didn't want him. It had to be an American to play the part. But Cameron McIntosh stuck to his guns. He said the show wouldn't open unless Colm Wilkinson played the lead. And he had his way and the show opened. He reprised the role, Wilkinson, in Toronto in 1988. Uh, 1998 and 99 and he unforgettably appeared in the 10th anniversary show in London in 1995 and today on Late Lunch it is Colin Wilkinson with the song that always makes me cry Simply wonderful. Colm Wilkinson with Bring Him Home, the signature song. You'd have to say it's the signature song from Les Mis. And that concludes my week of chat and music of my favourite musical of all time. I will go to see it again, I promise you. And every time I hear that song, I just think of Liam. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. David Sheehan's here with the sport next. Friday afternoon and not a lot really happening on the local front this weekend but the Premier League in full flight and we're going to concentrate for a moment with David Sheehan on the relegation tussle. David, thanks for joining me again. No problem, Jerry. Well, if you talk about a six-pointer at the bottom of the table surely it's Watford against Norwich. Norwich uh, picking up a vital win last week and for all their woes they're still well in touch. Uh, They could save themselves. Yeah, they absolutely could. I mean, when you look at the, the teams down there, like Burnley, Newcastle, Watford, Everton, we know they've had their problems. But Norwich certainly could. Like they've they've two games more played than Watford, but they had that great win as you mentioned against Everton last weekend. Adam Ida getting on the score sheet as well, his first Premier League goal for for the Canary. So good news from an Irish perspective there as well. So yeah, absolutely. Like tonight's a big one for them. It's it's down in London at Vicarage Road. 
But Norwich, as you said, like they're only a point behind Watford. As I said, they play those two extra games. But if they could get it, even to get a draw tonight, you know, it, it keeps them in touch. And, uh, you know, there's still a long way to go in the season. So, yeah, it'd be brilliant for Dean Smith if they could get a, a point or even sneak a win tonight. Watford are in dire straits themselves. They're, I think they're bottom of the form table. They've lost five of their last six games. They only got a point against Newcastle the last day, but they've lost all those other games. So they're in a, a terrible run of form at the moment. Ranieri hasn't really turned their form around yet. So I think Norwich will fancy their chances there. They'll have a little bit of confidence after that result last weekend. And if they could get a, get a point, it would be a good result for them. But if they could sneak a win, it'd be fantastic. And it'd take them out of that bottom bottom three for the time being. So yeah, it'd be, it's a big one for them. And I, I, I fancy Norwich to get the win tonight. There you go, Ranieri certainly looking over his shoulder with the owners there because they don't suffer managers who lose a few games gladly. Another big one this weekend, Leeds. They had a fine win last week against West Ham. Newcastle looked to have the three points and then conceded late on. And really, Newcastle, no matter what you say, with all their money, they are desperate for points. Yeah, Newcastle are really in trouble. And and we spoke a few weeks ago when Eddie Howe came in and, and one of the things we talked about was would they be able to get some players in in January? And so far, they've really only signed Kieran Trippier. Um, they haven't been able to get anyone else in just yet that they've seen. So I think they're yeah, they ha- the money they have is, is burning a hole in, in their pocket, but they just can't get the players in at the minute. And plus as well, as we talked about like in years gone by, when, when, a, when a selling club knows that Newcastle is coming in for players, the price doubles <laughs> probably at least. you know. So they're having problems getting players in. They're second from bottom at the moment. Um, their form hasn't been good at all. They've only taken five points in their last six matches and they've only got one win in that spell as well. So Leeds have picked it up a little bit. They were on a dire run themselves of late, but they've won their last two games. As you mentioned, they, they beat West Ham the last time. They beat Burnley in the game before that. So they've picked it up a little bit. And, you know, I don't think Leeds are going to be in any trouble for relegation, but they just want to ease away from that bottom end of the table. And like, you'd have to fancy Leeds to, to get the points against Newcastle. And what's going to happen for Newcastle for the rest of the season is going to be really interesting to watch because they've got, what, a week or so left to, to get a few bodies in. And uh, that's going to be key for them. The richest club in the Championship by a mile next year. Could it be? Watch this space. Now, big London derby this weekend to Chelsea Spurs. Chelsea draw at uh, Brighton during the week and really their title hopes are gone at this stage. Tottenham, two goals in the final minute to stun Leicester. This is an intriguing match. Yeah, and Chelsea's form has really hit the skids in, in recent weeks. They've only got one win in their last six. As you said, they, they, lost, they drew with Brighton the other day, um, they lost against Manchester City before that. So they're they're under a little bit of pressure. Tuchel is under a little bit of pressure after kind of having a really successful first season winning the Champions League. But their form has really gone off the rails in the last few weeks. Their, their championship hopes, as you said, are, are more than likely gone. Um, but Spurs, like still unbeaten under uh, Conte in the league, pulled that uh, win out of nowhere during the week against Leicester. Although Brendan Rodgers would probably be unhappy with Yuri Tielemans for giving the ball away so easily. But... A brilliant result for them and a real kind of um, upswing in the mood around the Tottenham Stadium now with Conte coming in and, and really, I'd say, giving a few lads to kick up the backside and getting things moving. Matt Doherty had a, a very good game the other evening uh, as well when he came in. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a tough one to call. You'd have to, you'd probably have to say on the balance of what we've seen in the last week or two, a draw is probably the wise option in that one. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if Spurs sprung a surprise there. Conte going back to Stamford Bridge, wouldn't he love to be uh, running down the sideline Mourinho-style uh, celebrating a win for Spurs? <laughs> he would indeed. And just before we finish today, a match of real interest from a managerial perspective. 
Uh, Duncan Ferguson stepping into the breach at Everton following the sacking of Rafa Benitez and in charge of Aston Villa, one of his old foes from Liverpool days. I'm sure they kicked lumps out of each other. Yes, Stephen Gerrard taking Villa to Everton. This is going to be good, isn't it? Yeah, and Everton obviously having that defeat against Norwich last weekend spelt the end of Rafa Benitez's time in charge, which probably wasn't a surprise to too many people and certainly not too many Everton fans shedding a tear about it. But yeah, actually, I was surprised at Aston Villa's form recently. I, I thought they'd been on a better run, but they've only just taken seven points in their last six games. They've only got two wins in that time. Now, that's, you know, again, against the likes of Liverpool and, and Chelsea, but they lost against Brentford as well. So, you know, it's going to be an interesting one. I'm sure Stephen Gerrard will get a nice, warm welcome from the Goodison Park faithful. Duncan Ferguson back on the touchline, as you mentioned there. So it's going to be a real test for Villa. There's going to be a brilliant atmosphere at Goodison Park, you can be sure. I, I fancy Everton to get the win there because they, they certainly need it. And I think the place will be rocking and I have a feeling they'll, they'll dig it out. Uh, just one game I wanted to bring people's attention to as well. Jerry, it'll hark back to the glory days in the Championship. Nottingham Forest are playing Derby County. It's a, a local derby, obviously. Derby County with that massive points deduction at the start of the season. Wayne Rooney's turned it around a little bit. They're, they're clawing their way back from the bottom of the table. So that's one to keep an eye on this weekend as well. I think that'll be an interesting game away from the Premier League. Yes, it really should be a Premier League fixture. But that's football for you. Even the mighty fall by times. David Sheehan, until next Friday at the same time. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Jerry. Yes, a big one in the championship will be watched very carefully by local Forest and Derby County fans. I can, uh, a few of them come to mind. That's almost a lot on the show for this week. But just before we go, an addendum from Miss Louise Walsh because earlier on the show we spoke to Brendan Walsh. Oh, they are. The Walshes are in all round today about Meatloaf who passed away. You have a little tale to tell us. I have, just very, very quickly. There's loads of messages pouring in all over social media and um, I happened to notice one I thought was very funny about a lady that used to work in a hotel on um, the Isle of Man and she said Meatloaf stayed there quite regularly and she said one of the waitresses from the Dunboyne area always used to call him Mr Loaf. Good morning Mr Loaf. Can I get you anything, Mr. Loaf? I just thought that was brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> Pleased to meet you, Mr. Loaf. <laughs> Very good. Boom, boom. Ah, oh, isn't that lovely? Yeah, all the messages are pouring in from everywhere. He was a bit of a handful now, we have to say, wasn't he? When you hear people talking about him who worked with him in the music business, he was precocious. He had his ways, Louise. Yeah. I, although I did see somebody else comment that they were they were working on um, one of the Brit Awards and they were just terrified to meet him. Thinking mm. he was, he was actually very nice. He was nice. Yeah, I think he was like that. You know, and I look at it. Uh, you find that with really talented people. You know, yeah, they yeah. they have that genius within them, and it often leaves it like that. Very quickly, do you know how he got his name? No. Uh, seemingly, he he was telling Gay Byrne on the late late back in the eighties that uh, he let the front wheel of a Volkswagen roll over his head for $100 and after that people began to say he had meatloaf for brains and the name stuck. <laughs> there you, there go. you go. Now we know where the name came from. Lovely, lovely memories of meatloaf who passed away earlier today. Anyway, we're going to head away now for the weekend and thank you for joining us every day on the show. Thanks to our guests who are with us this week and thanks to you, Louise. Uh, I couldn't do this without you. We've had a lovely week on the show and we're getting geared up already for next week, the uh, final week of the year, bar the following Monday. Anyway, Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. Have a lovely weekend. The weather's deadly. Get out there and enjoy it for January and do come back and join us for your late lunch on Monday 
from 1.30. Take care of yourselves. Bye. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jordan and Dogan Cabin. Order your new Dacia Duster or the all-new Dacia Sandero and Stepway. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit BlackstoneMotors.ie. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.